It's time for Money for Lunch, where we feed your brain and your business with supersized portions of business and financial news. Now your host, Bert Martinez. Welcome back, everybody. Good to have you here. I am excited. I have the one, the only Norm Blumenthal. Norm Blumenthal, he's an attorney for workers and consumers, selected as one of the top attorneys in Southern California. Also, Norm, in 2017, was inducted and recognized as one of America's most trusted lawyers in employment law. Norm Blumenthal, welcome back. Nice to be back, Bert. And um, it's, I've been mulling over some statistics for you for today. Um, and it comes down to a old roommate of mine, uh, rest in peace, a guy named Barry White, uh, went, um, was my roommate in law school. And um, he came up with a saying because we were, you know, graduating law school and going to make more money at the time in 1973. We were going to take jobs and making an unheard of amount of $16,000 a year. Yeah, attorney. baby. <laughs> and so we we were in the chips, and that was kind of 73. I was thinking back. It's kind of like it's it, today. We had um, oil prices then were uh, starting to rise, and, and we had the uh, lines for gasoline, and gasoline was selling for about uh, 10 cents a gallon and was going up to a dollar. And, you know, everybody was <laughs> flipping out, needless to say, and and uh, at, at the time, interest rates uh, were low, and they just started to rise. And by 1980, the, uh, they were paying you, if you wanted to put your money in a 15-year treasury bill, they would pay you 20% interest per annum. So that's wow. kind of – and that – that kind of put the kibosh uh, on the stock market and put the kibosh on uh, oil prices and everything started uh, to come down from there. Uh, oil prices went as high as $40. By the time it turned around, it was down to $8. So what I can, can say is I've lived through this before and my uh, – your friend, uh, Mr. White, was saying to me, I said, well, what are we going to do with all this money? And he, uh, $16,000 a year, we didn't know what to spend it on. And he <laughs> said, the, the more you make, the more you spend, but more so. That was, that was his quote. So just think about yeah. that. The more you make, the more you spend, but more so. So I was studying the numbers and looking around and, uh, t as of today. And as of today, the people are in our top earners. Those are top earners or persons making um, over $250,000 a year. And a third of them live paycheck to paycheck. And not only that, if you, if you don't take the top earners, if you just take everybody, and 60, 60, over 70%, 60, well, 61% of everybody, all the earners in this country, live paycheck to paycheck. And they don't have, of those, a third of those of top earners and every, everyone in the group uh, could not pay a $400 bill, emergency bill, if they had to. 
That's so you think. Well, you know, people must be upset about all this and everything, but to the contrary, the fact is that of the all these earners, seventy-eight percent feel that they're doing well and uh, financially, and this is the highest percentage that's ever been recorded. So figure that out. Everybody um, is. 78%, that's 80% of the people that are working. So you, when, you know, the Democrats and Republicans are thinking in this midterm election that people are dissatisfied with their economic position, it's, it's not true. I mean, they're not happy about paying uh, oil being $120 a barrel. And out in California, it's now, um, you know, $8 a gallon. But it's something that everybody lives with, and they're actually happy with the way things are going for them financially. So, you know, try to try to do that. I mean, I know, you know, Bert, you and I have talked about this for a long time about the minimum wage. And, you know, when we first started our conversations years ago, we talked about, well, we've got to get the minimum wage to $10. We've got to get the minimum wage to $12. We've got to get the minimum wage to $15. Today, the minimum wage for uh, a dishwasher is $22 an hour. I mean, that's, that's what you're seeing because there's right now 11.5 million jobs are available uh, for the taking that they can't find people to work. And basically there's two jobs out there for every person. So it's a wonderful market now for the employees and the employees, you know, are asserting their rights, uh, group-wise and asserting their rights individually. So we're in a just a, a beautiful spot for employees. And uh, everybody, you know, is, is despite the fact that prices are going up, everybody is, is seems to be, you know, happy financially with where they are. Interesting. Yeah, well, you know, you and I have talked about this uh, uh, several times over the last couple of years where we have this, uh, it, it's just a weird situation because we still have a lot of people that aren't working. They choose not to work. Uh, we have real estate prices that are skyrocketing across our nation, uh, and these homes are being bought uh, in record time. Yet, are you know, there's a lot of people that still aren't even who have not gone back to work. Uh, yeah. You have now, um, what do you call it, uh, before the gas prices went soaring through the roof, you had uh, automobiles that were also, they uh, they couldn't keep them in, in stock. Uh, I had I have a good friend of mine who is a general manager at a Toyota dealership, and they had record sales, um, and uh, they were literally pre-selling cars because their parking lot was empty. And, yes. and so we have this weird dynamic where we have this abundance of confidence. We have this, uh, you know, things are just flying off the shelf. And obviously people must, like you said, people are feeling good where they're at, even though things are a little weird. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, the, they can say on TV that, you know, oh, I mean, people are upset about the economy. I, I don't think it's true because, I, you know, remember back in the 70s, too, um, you know, hey, you had enough money to live on and we were, you know, 
happy with it. I mean, now it, what you're talking about is right. Like houses, it, it, they, one of the statistics they give here uh, in Orange County, um, you know, uh, a house in in, Deb- in 2020 would, that sold for a million two now is selling for a million seven. And so with a 20% down payment, uh, it costs about $100,000 a year because the interest rate's going up, and that's 40% of the $250,000 annual pre-tax income uh, if you're making $250,000 a year. So, you know, but that person is happy with where they are because ultimately these prices are going up, and uh, you're going to see with the, the, the Fed, the Fed will keep raising interest rates. I mean, historically, I can tell you that. And so people, to the extent they have savings or the people that have savings, will put their money into, uh, you know, treasuries and support the government at, um, at, as interest rates go up. And uh, it, 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 it'll level off at some point because it eventually um, you get interest rates high enough where people just can't afford to, uh, to you know, to keep living, you know, paying a mortgage and, and – uh, cost of oil but cost cost of oil will drop and that's just you know it's just a matter of time when that's going to go so right and 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 if you and if we look at things historically this is not the first time that this has happened it's not the last time and you know several of the financial experts and pundits are talking about us experiencing a lost decade and for those who are not familiar with that term lost decade is a term given to a decade of time where the stock market basically stays flat. Uh, it, it, obviously, it's not going to be 100% flat. It's going to have its ups and downs, but, but relatively speaking, it doesn't have an upward trajectory. It has a flat trajectory, and, and this has happened, I believe, three or four times, five times, something like that. It's happened a lot, or, or at least it happens on a regular basis where we – where we have a lost decade uh, of nominal or minimal growth, and the ones who do the best during this time are the ones who are consistently investing and, and buying uh, these uh, investments at a lower rate than normal. So uh, my point being to all this is that even though it's, it's a weird time and we're going to be seeing, uh, as you said, the interest rates keep going up, it's still – it's still a good time to uh, be thinking about your retirement and your investments. Yeah, it's at some point in time, you you reach where it's finally the stock market is going to be low enough where there's going to be an entry point for everybody to get in. I remember back in 1982, uh, General Motors, which was you know very strong, much stronger yeah. than it's been, and it was selling for. It was it was giving out a dividend of eight percent per annum, and it was selling for one times earnings. Wow. And that's when people decided, you know, I'm not going to keep investing in in treasuries because people were getting ten percent in treasuries tw- for for a year, one year treasury. You were getting ten percent. They turned around and started buying stocks again in 1982, and that's when the market took off. And the market took off because in, in 1982, the Fed stopped uh, increasing 
rates for treasuries and turned it around and it marched down from 1982 you can see the steady march down in interest rates to, the, to today because as the fed reduces rates there was more opportunity for people to, to buy uh, property and other goods and services and for companies to invest and you know until it reached currently uh, you know almost zero we know it, where interest rates were with the Fed, and now they're on their march up again, and uh, to uh, curb in inflation and bring prices prices down. And uh, you can't fight the Fed, and so everybody out there should should realize that. And the the market can't fight the Fed, and because the the Federal Reserve also stimulated the economy during these last ten or so years, or since '07 longer than that then 13 14 15 years yeah. when it, it was putting money into the economy and buying uh equities and um and mortgages and uh and get making the economy more liquid in the market not only did they reduce rates they were a buyer of of, yes. uh, of interest well now they're selling so they're a seller and they're raising rates and this is where the, where the fed is so you know the market to continue to to rise um against the fed historically i from from what i see i don't see that happening but i do see a, a rise in employees pay paycheck cuz in order to hire people when you have two jobs chasing one person you know the law of supply and demand is is that Workers are in short supply, and jobs are are out there for the asking price. And until employees get enough workers, they are going to raise the price. And, and, you know, where I am in San Diego, most restaurants now have employees on a five-day okay, – they have one shift, five days – They'll either serve breakfast, lunch, or lunch and dinner, or dinner only into the evening. But they'll make decide what they're going to be because they do, they can't find employees to cover more than one shift. And so that's the state of the market right now. And so there's plenty of jobs, plenty of opportunity. People are happy because they're if they didn't like their job, they can move their job. They can uh, get you know get schooling to increase their uh, value and right. to move into another sector because clearly the the highest paying jobs are in the t uh, tech sector and you know people that have engineering and technical skills are in short, very short supply. Yeah, no, I mean I think that uh, by the end of 22 here we're going to. Things are going to start balancing out. Uh, not that it's not that it's not going to be bad still for you know, uh, but uh, in a lot of different ways. But I I think that by the end of this year, things are going to be a lot smoother than they are. I think that uh, the Feds have uh, have mentioned that they're going to raise the rates one more time this year. Oh, and, I think it's uh, more like four times right now. Four more times this year? Four more times this well, four more times in the foreseeable future, but my okay. expectation is you're going to see this year probably seven more 
um, bumps of uh, 25 basis points. That's a quarter of a point. Um, so you're looking at a, probably a total of 2% rise. You know, they're rising the Fed fund rate, which is the, is the shortest term rate, from zero to two uh, percent, which is you know that's not your mortgage or not anything else. You know your mortgages will probably top out at around five six percent, um, and then you know other rates will will be you know correspondingly higher. But the Fed is pulling money out of of the economy too. At the same time, they raise rates. There's no there's not as much money there. To, for people to borrow to to buy uh, property, so it's going to the money will be in shorter supply also. Yeah, so you're going to yeah, see, you see that both ends, but by, at the end of the day, you know, when it all ended in '82, you know, at at that point in time, I had a job and I was making $125,000 a year. So in 10 years, because of my education and what I was doing, my um, income increased tenfold, right? And so, and that was across the board for persons, you know, attorneys. And so that was, you know, that was wasn't anything astronomical for an attorney. But that's where everything was because then, I mean, nobody ever heard of a hundred thousand dollars salary in uh, 1973. I think the president was making two hundred thousand dollars. Yes, and not that he's making much more now. But uh, that that's where the where the amount was then. So it's it's all relative is probably the the best way to describe it for everybody out there. That the good news is that seventy eight percent of the people are happy financially where they are, and that there's two jobs for every person out there that wants to move, and that education is the is the key factor in giving a person mobility to increase their value as they move through the system. So all those things are, are all good and all these opportunities are out there. And I think it's a very good time. And I think the fact that uh, um, the Federal Reserve is doing what they're doing makes sense because you can't have $8 oil. You just It's just it's not something that that can exist for a longer period of time because it's just everybody still unfortunately after 50 years are still using oil we we you know we have some electric cars and we have some solar but not nearly as much as we could have if we had put our resources into it so we we have this oil spike you know across the world yeah yeah and and uh, what do you call it? I think that uh, I think that one of the things that I read about, and I don't know if you are aware of this, and you know, I'd like to get your input on it, is you know one of the one of the reasons that Mr. Uh, that President Biden did what he did with the oil uh, production here in the U.S. is because you the U.S. and OPEC have a understanding; they have an agreement that all oil sold through OPEC will be sold uh, for U.S. dollars, right? In other words, you have to get, you have to have U.S. dollars to buy OPEC oil. And OPEC, uh, when we started producing so much of our oil, 
obviously we're not buying as much from OPEC and OPEC says, Hey, if you guys aren't going to buy more from us, then we're going to be, we're going to start accepting currency from other uh, places other than, or we're going to accept other people's currency. And, and in order to keep the dollar strong or stronger and, and, and keep it as the universal currency, you know, we here in the U S uh, or at least our, our administration slow down the production of, of our domestic oil. So OPEC will continue to honor their agreement. And mm-hmm. uh, this, this actually helps our dollar maintain its, its credibility and strength. Mm-hmm. It's interesting because we, you know, we are the largest oil producer in the world now. Yes. Um, and we have all these, this, this uh, oil shale and, uh, you know, oil that's not at great depths that we can use fracking to, to, get out along with natural gas and um, what we have to do is obviously we have to increase the production in this country and in order to uh, reduce our uh, demand um, in the world so that others you know you can bring the price down but I think uh, OPEC you know the, the I think the wild card obviously is the Russians are, you know have been yes. sanctioned and Iran's been sanctioned and so we have two big producers that are have their oil sanctioned and and they can't produce so I think that has a, a lot to do with it um and we'll see where it goes but yeah it is it is an issue that it's a political issue that needs to be addressed um and it needs to be addressed, you know, obviously at the presidential level to uh, get more production uh, out of this country um, and, you know, for use here and to bring the price down for gasoline yep. for everybody. I think that's a, that's a worthwhile goal. Uh, everybody would appreciate that, um, obviously. But everybody, you know, at, at, at this point, uh, 78 when you have almost 80 percent of the people are happy financially where they are and and that spread that just covers the the, the gamut from the top five percent to 250,000 or more to the uh, lowest uh, part making it you know about $22 an hour is the, is the now the bottom average for uh, a person's starting salary at at the beginner level so that's look, you're looking at about forty-five thousand dollars a year um, for that person, and someone that hasn't accumulated any debt and is just getting started and is single, forty-five thousand dollars a year is a living wage. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And, and and let's not forget that the the real issue is how much you're able to save and invest, right? Managing your money. Uh, look, here you are talking about making 16 grand a year. Of course, at that time, 16 grand a year was a good amount of money. Uh, and, and whether you're making 60, 16 grand a year or 160 grand a year uh, or 250 grand a year, you have to manage your money. You have to live below your means. You have to you know, save for that rainy day, save for retirement, and invest for the future. Uh, otherwise, no matter how much money you make, you're going to be broke. Well, that gets back to the beginning, which is White's Law. The more you make, the more you spend, 
but more so. More so, that's right. Unfortunately, that's that's just the human condition. I mean, it would be nice, but I know, I think in Europe, all of us, everybody listening, there's very few people we know that, except for maybe their 401k where they put a little bit away each each paycheck because they get they don't touch it uh and otherwise they're spending everything they have across the board you know when when you have basically uh a, a half you know, a third of the economy where they they're living not only 61% are living paycheck to paycheck but half of those can't meet a $400 emergency payment and it doesn't seem to bother anybody, which is the best part. And that, that, that's why I go back to the, the, the 70s. It didn't bother us, so we spent all our money. Right. Because when you're starting out, uh, you know, I remember when I started out, I went and, and, and bought a, you know, a, a stereo and speakers on, on, on a, year, a one-year payment plan. And, I, you know, I thought that this was really something special. And so it's 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 all relative to what people want to buy, but you, people spend when they have money. They feel good about spending. And yes. I think Americans are Americans are spenders, and uh, I think that's what we're going to see in in the, you know, continue to see is that Americans are going to spend their money. They're not going to save it. I think the, uh, Jamie Dimon said there's about. Two trillion dollars in savings that the, the consumer still needs to burn off. I mean, that's the way he put it. <laughs> I think when he puts it that way, I'm thinking, yeah, that's what the oil companies are there for to raise the prices so they get most of the money when you burn it off. Uh, because the, at 140 dollars a barrel, I don't think anybody in Texas is complaining about 140 dollars a barrel. No, sir. Uh, what is it? Texas and parts of uh, Oklahoma, they're having their their best time ever. Yeah. Uh, and and it's, uh, you know, this is this is the great thing about our economy uh, in the in the sense that, yes, there's there's a large percentage of people that that uh, are that might be struggling and or they're affected very affected uh, negatively uh, with the uh, rising oil prices, but the you know the, then there's the people out there who produce the oil who are who are probably saying to themselves it's finally our turn to get a break. <laughs> yeah, and I, you know I, I was in the oil business for ten years, and what ends up happening is when prices get this high, the economics of oil become. <laughs> All of a sudden, change because you know you can spend a lot more drilling deeper, and you can spend a lot more fracking, and it's, you're still economical. So you end up the rig count goes up. As the rig count goes up, you need more people. I mean, that's one of the toughest jobs you'll ever want to have. But it, it'll pay us a lot of money to to sit on a rig and take the pipe up and down without getting it stuck and all the things you have to go through so you that you can produce the oil but it's going to be booming texas oklahoma louisiana new mexico i mean and, and the rest of the areas you know up in the west it's it's boom town i mean right. you know, there's no question about it i mean this is something they should thank the uh the democrats for because somehow we put a lot of money in 
in the uh, in the red states. But this is what's happened, and uh, it spills over. You know, those people are on the rigs. They they get their money. They're making more money. They're making fifty dollars an hour. It's, it's it's following White's law. The more you make, the more you spend, but more so. They'll find a place to spend that money, and that'll keep the economy going. And I, so I think we're in pretty good shape. Unemployment rate is, is down in the 3% range, and so there's not a lot of people that are, that are looking for a job that don't have one. Um, so we're we're in a good spot. And so it's, it's you know, we, you know I, I'm always careful – because I know that there is is abuses company by company, and that's what we're here for. You know, if, when we're here is to make sure that the companies don't make you uh, start your job off the clock, don't make you work later off the clock, that you get your rest breaks and your meal breaks, and you're not discriminated against or harassed in your job. And that's what we're here for as, as attorneys for employees. But by the same token, the, there is these jobs available, so it's a good time for employees to have good jobs, but there's no reason for them to be abused. Right. Absolutely correct. Absolutely correct. Norm Blumenthal, we're out of time. Always good to have you on the show. And I want to just uh, do a shout-out right here. If somebody has questions. Uh, about some of the topics that you're talking about. If, you're, if you feel as though you're being abused, if you have some questions about uh, anything regarding with your employment or anything like that, reach out to Norm and his team at BAM Law CA. That's BAM Law CA. Norm Blumenthal, thank you so much for stopping by. Thanks, Bert. Always a pleasure. Good stuff there from Norm Blumenthal. Um, it is just a phenomenally weird time. I, I don't know what else to tell you. Um, it you know it's uh, you know it's uh, what do you call it uh, all the, all of these massive changes and bottom line is guys if you're having a tough time all you can do is keep going you can't quit keep going just remember that you were created to succeed. Tune in Monday through Friday here on Money for Lunch and check out our website at moneyforlunch.com. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.